It is good to be back with you. Uh, we had a good visit with family and friends back east and a uh, refreshing time and good to be back uh, home with church family and friends here. And I appreciate your prayers and appreciate those who uh, filled in in our uh, absence, uh, Wes and, and Pastor Anthony, and I appreciate uh, them sharing their messages, their good reports uh, about their sharing God's word with you. Today we're uh, focusing on the Lord's table, and uh, I want to read a passage of scripture from Ephesians chapter 2, if you'll turn there, beginning in verse 11, Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse 11, it says, Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. This is probably one of the greatest passages, there's, I'm sure there's others, when you think in terms of racial reconciliation. Uh, one of the things, hot topics in our world today is Black Lives Matter, right? Black Lives Matter. Well, so in God's economy, so do the Hispanic lives matter. Caucasian lives matter. Korean lives matter, Japanese lives matter, Vietnamese lives matter. All lives matter. In biblical times, the Jews and Gentiles were very separate. Um, if we think in terms of something physically that we can see, we might think about the um, Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon, a wide chasm. On one side would be the Jews and on the other side would be the Gentiles, this wide chasm. How do the Jews and Gentiles bridge that chasm? How do we bridge the chasm with race relations today? We don't have the Jews and Gentiles so much in our culture as we do African Americans, Korean, Hispanic in our culture. How do we bridge that gap? There's cultural differences, there's ethnic differences, there's language differences. We have all these barriers, they're removed through the cross. Peace through the cross. Notice he says here at the beginning in verse 11, therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves a circumcision. Paul is saying, remember that you, your roots. Now it's interesting because if you go to the book of Philippians in chapter three, Paul says to forget the past. Here, it tells us to remember the past, so which are we supposed to do? Well, it depends on the context. Paul in Philippians 3 was telling them, forget what was behind them, their past life. 
Don't allow your past life to influence how you live presently as a Christian. You have been changed by the power of God. Therefore, do not let negativity, do not let sinful thinking, sinful lifestyle, sinful behavior change how you live today. That's what Paul was referencing in Philippians. Don't allow the power of the past to influence your present. Here in this passage, Paul is telling them to remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth called uncircumcised. By the way, uncircumcised was a derogatory term. Because they were saying, again, you are separate from us. We've been circumcised. You have not. We're the chosen people. You are not. And one of the things, really, when we come to the cross and there's peace in the cross, there's a unity that comes with that peace. That unity is centered on the cross. And that's what brings peace. What is going to bring peace to Muslims and Christians? or Buddhists and Christians, or Shintoism and Christians, is the cross. That and that alone is what will bring unity to a group of people. And that's what he was telling them. They were thinking they were a special, privileged people. But Paul is telling them the gospel has come to the Gentiles as well. If we went back into the book of Acts, which talks about the church history, in Acts, in Acts chapter 2, we have the coming of the Holy Spirit, the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2. Remember, the Holy Spirit fell. They spoke in tongues, and the Spirit of God came and fell among them. And they were Jews. But in Acts chapter 10, Peter takes the gospel to Cornelius. And in Acts chapter 11, we see a Gentile Pentecost. Because the gospel has come to the Jew as well as the Gentile. It's come to both. And that's what Paul is telling us. So we want to look back formerly. We who were Gentiles by birth called uncircumcised. What were the Gentiles like? They did not have a relationship with God at all. They worshipped false gods. They worshipped idols. They worshipped false gods. Notice he says again in verse 12. Remember. That at that time you were separate from Christ. What does it mean to be separate from Christ? To be separate from Christ is to live in darkness. If somebody does not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, they are living in darkness. If you flip over for a moment just to chapter 5 of Ephesians. Look down in verse 8. For you were once darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. To be separate from Christ is to be in darkness. To be in darkness is to have spiritual blindness. To have spiritual blindness is to be in spiritual bondage. And that's what happens when we are apart from Christ. Look over in Ephesians chapter 4 for a moment. In verse 17, Paul says, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking, they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. Separate from Christ is to live in darkness. And when people live in darkness, darkness attracts darkness. It attracts darkness. People who are in darkness want to be around other people who are in darkness. People who live in the light want to be around other people who are in the light. If you have a problem in being in church with God's people, you better check your heart because you want to be with people of light. 
You see, if we went back into John chapter 3 for a moment, in verse 19, this is the verdict, light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what has been done has been done through God. So darkness attracts darkness, and darkness is the result of being separated from Christ. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So he's telling the Gentiles here, by being separate from Christ, you're living in darkness. Here's the good news. What does God do for those of us who are in darkness? We were all in darkness at one time, right? Do you remember back before you accepted Christ when you lived in darkness? When you were in bondage, when you were in spiritual blindness? Remember that time? But here's what God does for us. Flip over to 1 Peter chapter 2 or just listen to this. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God is calling you, if you are living in darkness today, God is calling you out of darkness into his light. What is the light? It's Christ. It's the cross. It's the gospel. Jesus died on the cross for those of us who were in darkness. That was all of us. There was a time in my life when I was in darkness. The light of the gospel came and shined in my heart, showed me my sinfulness. And where did the peace of God come from? Through the cross. Peace through the cross. Blindness. What did Paul say he came to do? Paul said he was, came to be a minister to the Gentiles. That's what God called him to, not to the Jew, to the Gentiles. And Paul says when he's before King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision that God gave me because here's what God called me to do. He says to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. That's what all of us who are in the light are called to do, to turn people from darkness to light. People who are separate from Christ, that they might come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So he says to remember why. Here's what remembering does. If we remember our former life, it, it sparks gratitude for grace. It sparks gratitude for grace and it's, it, it encourages strength for faith. That's what it does. It encourages my strength for faith in the grace of God. I don't deserve it. I'm reminded of my unworthiness to be a child of God. See, here the Jews thought they were way up here and the Gentiles were way down here. This huge chasm. And they thought they were the privileged people. Hey, we're the circumcised ones. Look, we even have it in the flesh. And Paul is telling them, you know what? The circumcision in the flesh means nothing. What you need is circumcision of the heart. You need to come to the light of truth, the gospel. That's what makes the difference. So he says, remember, in verse 12, at that time you were separate from Christ. And then he goes on, excluded from citizenship in Israel. In other words, you had no 
rights as a citizen of Israel. The gospel came to the Jews and you had no right, but God in his grace bridged the gap with the cross that the Gentiles might also be embraced into that. Because remember, the covenant came to Abraham and the patriarchs, to the Jews. And the Gentiles were separated from that. But Paul says that was all done away with, with the cross. The peace through the cross. You were excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. And then he goes on to say, you were without hope. See, that's another characteristic of people who are separate from Christ. They're in darkness. And that darkness is spiritual blindness. And that spiritual blindness leaves people with absolutely no hope whatsoever. No hope. Where does the Muslim get hope for eternal life in their works? Where does the Buddhist get encouragement for eternal life in their works? Where does Shintoists get their hope for eternal life in their works? And their works will fall short of the glory of God. The only hope is peace through the cross. So that's why we can come into church then and these walls are broken down. Notice he says in verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. And then he says in 14, he himself is our peace. He puts an emphasis here. He, sa- he doesn't just say he is our peace. He says he himself is our peace, to emphasize the autonomy of God, that it's only in God, it's only through Christ that we can have peace. Only through him that we have that. For he himself is our peace who has made the two one. And notice, has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. So how does a African-American and a white Caucasian come together and worship? Through peace, through the cross. How does a Puerto Rican and a Caucasian come to worship together peace through the cross? How does a husband and wife who are at odds with one another come to reconciliation? It can only be through the cross. It can't be his agenda or her agenda. It has to be the cross. How does a group of people at odds come together? Peace through the cross. And see, this is challenging because then you have little kids in the home, and when you have little kids in the home and they fight over a toy or something like that, and it's like, how do you explain to them, how do they come to a harmonious relationship over that toy? They really need to understand that it is only through Jesus Christ that there can be a harmonious relationship. And that would be an opportunity as a parent to sit down and say, you know what, you can't get along Only through peace through the cross will you be able to get along because we're selfish people. And the only thing that delivers me from my selfishness is the cross. Otherwise, I'm selfish. You're selfish because we're out for ourselves. And it's only through the cross that we have that. And notice abolishing in his flesh. There was a barrier. There was a physical barrier between the Jews and the Gentiles. Remember when they went to the temple? 
There was the court of the Gentiles, and then there was the inner court for the Jews. There was a physical partition, and a Gentile was not allowed to cross that partition because if he did, it could mean death. So there was a partition even at the temple, the very place of worship. And God says, I have broken down that partition through Jesus. I've broken it down. I've destroyed it. It's, I've abolished it. With its commandments and regulations, I've abolished it. And also, even for the Jew, there was a partition between the Jew and God, remember? Only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies once a year to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And when Jesus died on the cross, what happened to that partition? It was torn in two. So the Jew had access to the Holy of Holies. We have access to the Holy of Holies. Jesus abolished it all through the cross. Maybe you're here today and maybe one of the walls in your life is an addiction. You've got an addiction that has kept you in bondage. Jesus abolishes addictions through the cross. He abolishes every addiction. Maybe you have an inferiority complex, an insecurity problem. Whatever the issue is, loneliness, eating problem, sex problem, whatever it is, in the cross there's peace and healing and redemption. Forgiveness of sin through the cross. It says in 17, at the end of verse 16, he put to death their hostility, he came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who were near. To bring together Jew and Gentile into one. So peace through the cross does what? It brings unity to the body of Christ. Unity. It doesn't mean uniformity, <laughs> that we're all alike. No, we're individuals, we have personalities. It's not uniformity, it's unity. It's one heart, one spirit, one fellowship, one Lord that we worship. And God is glorified when we come together in unity because of the peace that comes through the cross. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for a moment, and while you do, I'm going to ask the men to come up who are going to be serving the elements. And I just want you to take a moment and reflect on your own life. Is there anyone you are at odds with right now in the body of Christ, in your family, in your neighborhood, in your circle of influence? Is there anyone who you are at odds with, who you have done all the steps necessary to try to be at peace with that person. The scripture gives us very clear things that we are to do if we are at odds with someone. We are to go to that person one-on-one -on -one and try to resolve it. If we can't resolve it, we are to take one or two witnesses and go. The purpose is reconciliation. Why? Because God wants a unified body of Christ. And if you are at odds with someone in the body of Christ or in your family, it impacts the body of Christ in a negative way. You can't be all that God wants you to be. How are you at race relations? Do you have any prejudice in your heart 
towards somebody of another skin color, another language, another ethnicity? Or do you realize in the cross all lives matter? Take a moment and reflect on that and ask God to forgive you if you have the wrong attitude and the wrong spirit. If there's somebody you need to approach, I would encourage you to pray and, and ask God to give you a spirit of love and the goal of reconciliation to go to that person and talk to them so that God's name is not maligned in any way, shape, or form. And the church of Jesus Christ is unified and God is glorified through that unity. Peace. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you're yet in darkness. You're separate from Christ and your your darkened heart, you are spiritually blind and you have not put your trust in the finished work of Christ on the cross. You're trusting in what you can do. What you can do is fall short of the glory of God. Your best efforts will fall short. You need Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross for your sin and ask him to forgive you and come into your life and make you a new person. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.